Let me talk a little bit to you this morning, if it's okay with you. Let me talk a little bit with you this morning, if it's not okay with you. <laughs> so, so great. I want to continue our, our teachings, our, our lessons from uh, the first, first John. Uh, I was always, I was really, a, as I've said to you several times, I've been just really amazed that First John is as it is. I mean, I've, I've read from it. I've read it many, 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 many times, and I've, I've taught and, uh, from various parts of it. But I, I did not quite realize how uh, John was directed by, by the Holy Spirit to deal with some, some heresy. And as he dealt with the heresy, he dealt with it pretty sharply. And I know that we're living, we're living in a time period where people don't like for uh, anyone to correct them. And we don't like that. If you correct them, you know, it's like, take my picture, I'm gone. You know, if you want to see me, you can see it on the photograph, you know, that's it. But, but I think that, that in order to be uh, seen as really as children of God, is in order to walk out our sonship, we must be teachable and we must be obedient and we must allow God to chastise us. Uh, some of us probably, in the, even in this audience today, have never been chastised, you know, by your parents. You know, you, you never got a spanking in your life. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's not a good thing. But if that's you, hey, we, we can do it from the pulpit here right now. <laughs> we can make up for lost time. Let, let's look at this. John is warning against false teachers. I think this was a great time that the Holy Spirit moved on, on, on me when we were in West Africa to share from this, this uh, just sovereignly moved on me. But it's a great time uh, to deal with it because we are living in a time where there are a lot of false things going on. And uh, if you don't think so, it doesn't mean that you are a heretic as some of the people that John's addressing. You're not a heretic. I don't believe that. I just believe that, that, that you're wrong about it. And uh, I want to say that emphatically, that you're wrong about it. If you say, well, I, things are just like they always have been, you're wrong about that too. Uh, so we want to deal with, with what is wrong, but I don't want to deal with it from uh, a worldly perspective. I don't want to deal with the wrong people in the world. I want to deal with the wrong-headed people among us, not the wrong-hearted. I don't think you can be wrong-hearted or bad-hearted if you're a believer. You can be bad-headed. And I know many of us who are here today, we've seen people who are good-hearted but wrong in the way they think. And so that means they've not allowed the, what God is doing in their lives to work itself, as it were, into their thinking and their doing. Here, uh, John is, is uh, talking about the deception of the last hour. Uh, let me read uh, 1 John 2.18 rather than 2.19, where I was going to start. In, in 2.19, uh, 18, he's dealing with deceptions in the last hour. And so, uh, again, to be forewarned is to be what? Forearmed. Forearmed. That means that, that you are ready for what happens. If you're properly trained, you don't have to worry about uh, uh, the, the other football team or the basketball team or the other tennis person. You're properly trained. <clears throat> I, re I remember going to... Uh, of course, uh, 
university, high school, university, high school was easy, so easy for me, but, but in the university sometimes uh, the prof, professor would say, give you an assignment, I want you to read such and such, you know, and so yeah, man, I've got several weeks perhaps, you know, and, and then the next class, you know, he tells you that on Monday and on Wednesday he gives a pop quiz. What? You know why? You know, you're giving this pop quiz? Well, I told you to read it, but that's not enough time, you know, told you to read it. But those who had read it didn't have any issue. And so because they, they were prepared. And so the Lord is preparing the church for what is coming and what already is. He's preparing us. But may I say, sadly, too many of us are not really listening. We just sort of go along, and, and uh, I hate this word, but happy-go-lucky, in a happy-go-lucky way. You know, uh, you, you, know, you just kind of nonchalantly walking through life. And don't do that. When you're, when you're in the classroom, Sunday morning, Sunday, uh, uh, Wednesday, whatever, uh, Monday night or Saturday morning, when you are in the classroom, learn. Uh, because I promise you, you will have a pop quiz. You're going to have a pop quiz in your life. And uh, I, would, I would like for you to read the bulletin message as well, because uh, in it I've been talking the last several times about, about being saved to your very core. That is, all that is in you is saved and not just your consciousness, you know? Because when people know they're being observed, they behave differently. And so you and I know we're being behaved, so we, we're on our, our best uh, uh, comportment, deportment. So our deportment is very, very good because we know we're being, uh, we're being observed. But what happens when that sudden thing comes on you? What happens when somebody rudely steps on your foot and never says, I'm sorry? Or, or they cut you off in traffic. What do you say? And so you want, you want all of that to be under the blood, as it were, saved. It, not, not just uh, uh, positionally, but conditionally. All right? And so this is what all of this looks like. So I want you to pay close attention. John writes, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. So he, he, he tells us that, and, and we, we elaborated much on that a few days ago, so we won't uh, elaborate now. So he, John is telling us that it is the last hour. So there should be no one among us who would say, I, I don't see it. I don't know if I believe it. So don't be there. Don't take that posture. Now, this part, what I want you to understand in verse 19, he says, after having said that, he said that there are many antichrists. And many antichrists have come. Many antichrists. And we'll talk about that. Many of those who oppose Christ. Those, those who, who uh, uh, see themselves as, as against Christ. They see themselves as somebody instead of Christ. You can have something instead of Christ. He says many of those people have come already. And I want our children to know that you are going to school with some of them. Yeah, you're going to school with some of them. I want our adults to know you're working with some of them. You're, you're, some of them are your neighbors. So you must know the truth at all times. John goes on to say, they went out from us, but they were not of us. They went out from where? Us. You mean the Antichrist went out from us? Yes, they were part of us. They were, they were worshiping as it were with us. 
but they were not of us. They were among us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that, they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So those who were purveyors of the, of the wickedness of false doctrine, they had once sat in the camp of the saints. But God in his amazing wisdom caused things to become, as it were, so uncomfortable for them, so they went out and tried to draw others with them. And that's the same thing the devil did. The devil, when he was kicked out of heaven, the scripture says he drew the stars with him. He, he influenced the third, as it were, of the angels of God. He withdrew them. And so the enemy is not just after the world, believers. He's after you. He's after you. Wow. Listen, Deuteronomy 13, 13 says, Corrupt men have gone out from among you and enticed the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods, which you've not known. He said, there were people who were of Israel, they, they left and they said, let's serve other gods. I'm astounded when the children of, of men and women of God, children of men and women of God, go off to serve other so-called deities. There's one well-known man, his dad was a, a Pentecostal preacher, and he became Muslim. He rejected that. I think that's so heartbreaking. And there are many who are doing that. A, a, a young man who worshiped with us here, we poured our lives into him, loved him, loved him, but he's never satisfied. These things happen. They're happening. The, the, the enemy is coming for your children. He's coming after your family. So you have to know the truth and stop saying, well, I don't want to drive my child away. Stop saying that. But, but, but inculcate in them those values. Implant them in, in your children. Embed them in your children. Nail them down in your children. And don't be afraid to do so. Young man left here. I poured my life into him, his parents poured his life, and he goes out and decides he wants something more significant than Christianity. So he, he leaves the fountains of living waters and he embraces Islam because he can be one of the guys. Help, Lord. Help, Lord. So I'm just saying that, that don't think that all of the deceivers are out there, don't, don't, don't think that. Some of them Come to church. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false Christs and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Wow. False. Not real. Not true. So then, but, but, but the, the truth here is, the truth is in Jesus. We know that. The truth is in Jesus. But also the scripture says that, that you are of the truth, that, that you, the church, the church, the true church, those of us who worship in spirit and in truth, we are the pillar and ground of the truth. The truth. I mean, the truth is a beautiful thing. You don't have to figure out what every lie is. When you've got the truth, when you are the truth, the, the truth is in you. You know the lie. The truth is what we call the plumb line. 
Yeah. Everything that doesn't line up with the plumb line is crooked. Wow. Now listen, in 1 Corinthians 11, 19, uh, the, the scripture reads, 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen, for there must also be factions among you. When you read that in, in 1 Corinthians, I mean, you got to ask, what in the world? If you read that just from an academic point of view, you go, what? What? He said, must be factions among you. Why? Why, Paul? That those who are approved may be recognized among you. So when you have disturbances in, in church, disturbances, they show you who is real and who is not real. I'm, 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 I'm aghast that, that sometimes in our church services, uh, when the messages get too hot, that so, in some places they stand up and shout the preacher down. It's happened here once. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, yeah, stop politics. The guy never talking. He wasn't talking about politics in, in the sense they were talking about. But that guest speaker, what he was doing was he was talking about the church. He was, he was explaining to you what the church's mission is. It doesn't matter if you complete what you're doing. If what you're doing is not what God wants, it's not going to last. It doesn't matter that you got to the top of the ladder. It was against the wrong wall. Come on. This is so, so serious. In 1 John 4, 6, he says, we are from God. Now, I, I love the way that John speaks here. I love the way he speaks, and I want you to speak with this kind of confidence. You know, we have a choice. We can tell people what they want to hear, or we can tell them what God says they must hear. That's your choice. And, and John is amazing. I, I just, I, I love him more and more. He's not just some little, he's not like a Pillsbury Doughboy. He's not just leaning on, on the breast of Jesus, on his chest, leaning on Jesus' chest because he's some little wimp. Well, he's got some steel here. Listen, listen what he says. We are from God. That's emphatic. Whoever knows God listens to us. If I were to say that, and I will say that, but were I to say that, there would be people in the congregation who have known my character, who have walked with me, and say, that's arrogant. Pastor's gotten arrogant now. But I'm reading it from the scripture. This is my script. I, I don't, I'm not going to add lib. This is my script. John says, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. He says that we know the spirit of, of truth and error because those who are listening to us, they're of God, and those who don't are not. Wow, man. And now I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I listen to you when you teach and preach here in the church. I listen to you. And uh, if you're saying something that's off the wall, uh, you'll have a, an appointment in my office. I don't go around trying to see who's in my office. <laughs> we can't suffer off the wall. Uh, that's how I believe, right? I believe that. I don't think we have time to deal with those kinds of things. Uh, those of you who were not a part of our congregational meeting, we had a congregational meeting, and my wife sent me a, a video clip 
of a brother Benny Hinn who was repenting for having been a prosperity teacher. Now, see, we know that prosperity is really a biblical doctrine, but spiritual prosperity comes. John tells us that, beloved, I would above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as what? Your soul prospers. So soul prospering, you want, you want your soul to grow in what God has done for you. Your mind, your thinking, your imagination, all of that to grow. And so, yeah, and Jesus tells us, that Paul tells us that Jesus, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that he, that we through his poverty might be made rich. God has made us infinitely rich, spiritually rich, and ab about natural things, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so this brother was, was repenting for that, and he said he was calling them out. He didn't, some of them were his friends, and he was hesitant to call them out. I'm not, all right? Why? Because I want to do it for your good. Can you remember as a child, I feel like I'm off script here, but you remember as a child when, uh, if you were, grew up like I did, and your parents disciplined you, they gave you some, some you know, some reminders, and, and, uh, and they would tell you something like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. <laughs> you know? And you thought, no way. <laughs> but yes, it does. It does. It does hurt parents who love their children to discipline their children. But if you are not disciplining your child, you want to be your child's friend, you're betraying that child. And if you're a preacher and you're just telling folks that you want to give them a good massage and let, send them out, you're betraying them. Are we still together? Yes. Hallelujah. Now, now, now notice, <laughs> notice what he says here. Let me go back to verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Now in verse 20, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. So that's what I want to talk about, that anointing today. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. But you have a, an anointing from God, and you know all things. You have an anointing from Jesus Christ, and you know all things. And this is what he is saying, is that Jesus in you is a living reality. This is what John is saying. You, not that you, are, you know everything, every formula. That's not what he is saying. What he is saying is that you, the truth is in you. For the truth, Christ is the truth of God. He says to himself, he's, uh, of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so the truth is in you. And therefore, you must, you should get to the place to where you know a lie. Wow. And if you may, you may be uncertain at times, you go, mm, something's fishy here. You, you know what that word something fishy means? Something smells. Something's not right. You may not quite know, but something's not right. And so you just put things on pause, not fast forward. Are you with me? Listen to what he says, and, and, and let me give you a little bit about the anointing, because in Exodus 28, 41, he says, you shall put them on Aaron, your brother, and on his sons with him, these garments. You shall anoint them, consecrate them, anoint them. That had to do with taking some oil and rubbing it on their bodies. You shall anoint them, and then you consecrate them and sanctify them that they may minister to me as priests. 
Now we know the anointing is the Holy Spirit. John says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. I I have a different understanding now about uh, anointing with oil. I have a different understanding, as a matter of fact, uh, maybe a more full understanding, a fuller understanding uh, of anointing with oil. I did it because I read it in the scripture. It says, anoint them with oil, pray the prayer of faith over them. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And so I believe that, and so I anoint. But now I'm understanding something, and let's see if you understand it as I do. And so he he says, you shall anoint them, consecrate them, and sanctify them. Now we find that the anointing is from God. The anointing is from God. And so we say, well, you need to be anointed. I don't need to be anointed. I may need to get in touch with my anointing, but I'm already anointed. But God has laid his hands on me. God has laid his hands on you. Come on, somebody over there. The anointing, and John uh, 2.27 will get there. He says, the anointing teaches. So the the anointing is a person. The person of Jesus is your anointing. The person of the Holy Spirit is your anointing. So Jesus himself, the Bible says, was anointed with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit. He was anointed. And so when I talk about now, when we lay hands on people, we we pray for the sick and we lay hands, we put some oil on them. We're, We're saying the Holy Ghost got this thing. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost got this thing. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, somebody. Yeah. I'm not going to just do it because I read it in the scripture of James, the book of James. But no, the Holy Ghost got this. Jesus has this thing. I'm putting this oil on you because you're already anointed. I've got this outward sign. You're anointed. You're anointed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22 talks of the anointing and says, Now he who establishes, he who confirms you. He who stabilizes you. I want you to pay attention because you're going to need it. You're living in a crazy world. I I, I don't want to pollute my eye gates and my ear gates. I'm very careful about what I hear and see anymore. I used to say, I I can handle it. But wickedness has become so wicked. I don't trust the television. I don't, I don't trust the news. Some of you trust the news. Yeah, you're still in bondage, but you're going to be all right if you keep coming. Amen. I don't trust it. You say, well, I trust this one. No, I don't trust it. Because they all, they all have a goal. And, they always, and, and it's like a battle for you. It's not, you know, they want you. Want your vote. And when, once they get you, they don't care about you. But I tell you, listen to what he says. So, so it's amazing. He says, now he who establishes, that confirms, stabilizes us with you in Christ. He does it in Christ, not outside Christ. It's not like I've got my Christ life and I have my secular life. He was, who confirms us, who establishes us in Christ and has anointed us is God, yes, amen. who also has sealed us 
and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Your anointing is a God thing. You are already anointed. It doesn't matter if you just came to the Lord or you've been with the Lord for 30 years. You are anointed. God laid his hands on you. And he has sealed you with the anointing because the Holy Spirit is the anointing. And he has sealed you with the anointing as well. He has placed his private signet on you. He, he has given you security. He has given you preservation. He has given you a seal of ownership. God. God is the owner. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's amazing. So it doesn't matter in, in, a, in a sense, it doesn't matter how big the deception is. We are ready for the deception. We are prepared by God for the deception. We are prepared for this hour. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I don't think of myself as being somebody great. I do not. This is what I always I say to some of the young people when I talk with them. I want to live for a while because I want to be here with you when you go through even worse things than we've gone through. I want to be here for, for you. I don't want to be here so I could go through some other crazy stuff, but I want to be here for you because the Bible says that the young men, the young women, they are for war, but the older ones are for counsel. I want to be a good counselor for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You say, well, I've got the Holy Spirit. I, what do I need you for? Well, you don't really need me, but sometimes we don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying because he speaks a spiritual language, and sometimes we're not spiritual enough to understand the meaning. We may know what he said, but we don't know what he meant. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was talking to him the other day, and he was talking to me, and I'm, I, I, just, I, I think I just chuckled a little bit. I go, I know you're talking, but hey, I need, need to know. Let me think a little bit more. Let me concentrate a little bit more on what you're saying. Because he speaks spiritually. And the more mature you become in your faith, the, the better and more clearer you understand him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at, at Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. 13 and 14, in him, scripture says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you trusted him, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Guarantee, Holy Spirit, guarantee. Holy Spirit, guarantee. I love God because I've, I've, I've had guarantees before, you know, in the days when you, we shop at Sears a lot, you know, almost a defunct store, right? But, but we shop, remember, they would give you the guarantee and you, you try to put that thing in a place where you had that guarantee, you could prove that you purchased it within the, the limited warranty. Well, this is not a limited warranty. And what I love about God is that he has place the guarantee in us or you can't lose it. Yeah. Cannot lose the guarantee. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, as we like to say sometimes, the Holy Ghost is your guarantee. He's inside you. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. 
You're, you're so special. No, you're, you're not special in and of yourself. You're special because God has made you special. You're special because God sealed you. He put a, the anointing on you and inside you. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I'm just amazed at God. And then he's fixed it, as I, I like to say, so you can't lose. I know there are people who really want to... Uh, uh, refute what I say, and they want to say, well, pastor preaches, once saved, always saved. I never use those words. Never have used those words. I, I preach eternal salvation. Because God has nothing but eternity to give you. Amen. He's eternal. Yeah. He doesn't give you temporary. He gives you eternal blessings. Yes, yes. And, so, and so I love this amazing God, because this is what he has done. He, he says to us, he has placed... Christ in us, see? Some of you want to be lost. Go ahead, you can't be lost, but you'll have a miserable journey. Yes. You're not going to be lost. You're going to get there. Oh, I could have been enjoying the bowl. I'm saved. You know. Come on. But it's amazing how God has done this thing. As I've said before, he has placed the, the, the seal inside you. He has placed the life inside you so that even the best surgeon cannot find it. There's no forensic scientist that can, that can use his skills or her skills to find the Holy Spirit in you. But he is there. And there's a witness that you are God's property. Thank you, Jesus. So this is amazing. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are anointed with the Holy Spirit. He, Hebrews 1.9 says, Speaking of Jesus, he says, you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. And, and I think the church is coming to this place where we hate unrighteousness. Uh, you know, when you're being developed, you, you sort of uh, tolerate things. You know, you, you do when you're younger. You tolerate things. And you may say, well, not me. Yeah, you too. Yeah, you too. You know, you, know, you tolerate things. It's sort of like when I was growing up, I had friends who were not good guys. You know, they weren't good guys. And I liked them because they were pretty straightforward. And I liked that. And I would hang out with them. I remember one day the coach came to, he said, boy, I'm going to tell your mama. I didn't want him to tell him, mom. You know, I'm going to tell your mama, boy, you're hanging out with these boys. I'm going to tell her. And, I, and he did. And she said to me, he said, uh, uh, the coach says you're hanging out around with so-and-so. Uh, 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 yes, mom, but he's a good guy, brother. Because I wanted to maintain my friendships. I want you to maintain my friendships. I want the young people who are here today, you, you don't need to maintain your friendships. You need to listen to your mom and your dad. You need to listen to the word of God. Amen. Don't try to maintain the friendship. That's what we are, but we are grown folks and we're still trying to maintain our friendships with the world. Come on, stop it. Some, I, I'm aghast that some young people who say they belong to Jesus, they want to go to the bar so they can have some fun. Can you believe that? I want to go to the bar to have fun where people get beat up, get defrauded, get drunk, get taken advantage of, and you're going to have some fun? Man, man. Wow, where am I in my deal? This makes no sense. People putting little, what they call Mickey's in your drink. 
they, they put something in the drink and you don't know what's happening until the day after? You want to go have some fun? I'd rather hang out talking with some old preacher than that. You have, a, you have love righteousness and hated lawlessness, Jesus. Hated lawlessness. All sin is lawlessness. Hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, he says to Jesus, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And those of you who want to go have some fun, God has anointed you with the oil of gladness, with joy. And it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 21, he says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth. See, some believers want to hide behind that lie. I don't know what to believe. Well, you're hanging out in the wrong pasture. Sheep, sheep, you're hanging out in the wrong pasture. Or maybe you don't go to pasture enough. All right? How many of you know I'm not angry with you? I'm, I'm, I'm just preaching. He <laughs> said, I've not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And that no lie is of the truth. And you also know that no lie is of the truth. Now listen to what John goes on. I mean, John is, John, John's cold more so than I thought. He says in verse 22, who is a liar? He asks the question, but he's going to answer it. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He, John goes on to say, he is antichrist. He is antichrist. He is against Christ. He opposes Christ. He believes in something instead of Christ. So those friends of yours who are against righteousness, who are against what Jesus commands, they are antichrist, John says. Now we're not going to go out and mistreat everybody. No, no, no. We're going to let our light shine so they will see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's what we're going to do. That's our responsibility. Somebody. John says he is antichrist. He is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So if your friends deny, well, I, I, I like them. I hear all kinds of crazy stuff. Man, I don't call names. I, I'm just telling you, I hear it. And there's the people who you interact with sometimes. Wow. Listen to what John says. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. There are religions that deny that Jesus is the Son of God, but claim they are of God. They don't have the Father either. They don't have the Father. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how you feel about them. It doesn't matter if he or she is your boss. They don't have the Father. They don't know God. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And so if somebody comes to me with their glowing report of their religion or whatever they have, and they don't acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, they don't have the Father. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So if they don't acknowledge the Son, they don't have the Father. So Jesus 
is integral. He is indispensable. He is the whole of our salvation and eternal life. Jesus is indispensable. He is necessary. Without him, there is no eternal life. But you can't just say these things. You have to walk it out. Wow. Let me hurry. Thank you. Let me hurry. In John 15, 23 through 25, listen to what Jesus tells us. Do you believe Jesus? He says, he who hates me hates my father also. There are people in the world, and, and again, when I say these things, I want to be very careful how I frame them, but sometimes in, in, in various circles, you find very intelligent, quote-unquote, intelligent people, and, but they're not really intelligent because if you don't have a good biblical education and understanding, you're not really intelligent as you ought to be. I say that and I stand on it. You can publish it. Somebody, somebody put one of my sermon quotes on, on Facebook and somebody wrote me and came and said, hey, so-and-so put your, your statement. I said, well, I said it. I mean, this isn't done in a corner or a closet. He who hates me hates my father also. There are people that we consort with, we, we, we interact with. You know, now, now, I'm not talking about a working, uh, your, people in your workplace, you don't have anything to do with, do your work, put your head down, do your work, you know, but you don't have to buddy-buddy with them. They hate Jesus, and you can try to buddy-buddy with them. Oh, you're all right with me, you're all right with me. No, you're just weak, man. Listen to what Jesus says. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Let me tell you what I've, I've observed. You, it's, it's rare that you'll see me in front of news as I used to be for hours and hours. Because I have seen people that the church embraces that hate without a cause. And so what I do is I have to leave that and I have to come and, and preach the gospel. That's why we travel around the world. We don't travel around. We want to be home. All of my friends have been retired for seven, eight years. I had the opportunity to be retired for seven, eight years. But I love doing what Jesus wants. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Amen. We travel to give you the truth of the gospel. And it's not your truth and my truth. It's his truth. Amen. Wow. I, but I see us embracing stuff. We can't do that. Not even for the sake of our nation. Not even for the sake of our city. I don't want to be on the wrong side when Jesus comes. I don't want to be embracing what he is destroying. Listen, to reject Jesus is to reject the Father. To reject the Father is to reject Jesus. Now let me read verse 24. Let the truth live in you, abide in you, remain in you, rest in you. Let your light shine. Let it shine. Let the truth, the same way, let the truth. That means don't do anything contrary to the truth. 
When it's let, the light, let, let your light shine, don't do anything contrary to the light. <laughs> wow. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. Let that abide in you, that word. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, the word of God, you will abide in the Son and the Father. What you have been hearing today and previously, let it abide in you. Don't go out and wrestle with it. I've tell, I'll tell you this, in my whole life, whenever I wrestle with something, then I know really what's right. I just don't want to quite do it. That's, that's me. I, 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 hey, babe, I don't know what to do. I, 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 no, I just don't want to do that tough thing that God just told me I must do. And God is telling us today we must do some tough things, and we don't want to do it. Hallelujah. But he says, Jesus says these words in John 14, 23. He says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And you don't have to keep the word of God by your own power and strength. That's what's so beautiful. You don't have to do it. You don't have to work it up. He's already given you the ability. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Now that's good. That is good. That means, this is so, so, so wild and it's amazing, that God, who, who, that, who is in heaven, is in my heart. And the heavens of heavens cannot contain him, but yet somehow, mysteriously, he is in my heart. I'm walking around as a house of God. That's, 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 that's mysterious, but it's, it's amazing. It's true. It's true. And, and listen, he says he's going to make his home, so he lives in us. Notice what you hear. To abide means to stay. So he says God's going to stay in you. And you're going to stay in God. It means uh, to stay in a given place. To stay in a particular state. Uh, you know, that is a condition. So I will stay in this particular state. I will stay in relation uh, or to expectancy. I will stay there. I will continue there. I will dwell there. I will endure there. I will be present there. I will stand there. That's what he says. That's what God has done for you, the believer. I mean, some of us would be more excited if Tim Duncan came in here than when I'm preaching. If LeBron came in, he'd get a bigger yeah, yay. Are you with me? Well, listen, I'm gonna make you mad then. God has given you a promise. I'm gonna talk about that in just a second. So, what does that mean? It's a Greek word that means the announcement for informational purposes. It means he's going to give you knowledge about himself, about something. He's going to give you a pledge about it. And he's going to give you divine assurance of it. So when God gives you a promise, he gives you divine assurance. That means that God, who, uh, who cannot lie, is talking to you. Now listen. Listen to what this says. 
verse 25, and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Eternal life. In Acts 2.39, he says, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. God promises, therefore, God has testified. He testified that he gives you eternal life. Wow. Wow, man. Jesus says in John 10, 28, he says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. What Bible have some of us been reading? I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Nobody can snatch them from me. This is that great anointing that you and I have. Wow. Verse 26 says, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So I'm writing to you so you won't allow people to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him, from God, abides in you, and you don't need anybody to teach you. If you're a baby, you might. But if you're mature, you don't. Verse 28, now little children abide in him, stay in him, remain in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. I trust today that these words have, been, have sunk in your heart. They're deep in your heart. And after hearing this message today, if you're convicted, that is the, the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, Maybe you're a sinner. Maybe you're not a sinner. Maybe you're a believer who sort of lost your way a little bit. If you need Jesus, don't dismiss that, don't dismiss that tugging of your heart. That tugging is the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, who has been sent into the world to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Jesus Christ, he who is from the beginning, is communicating with somebody now. He is communicating with you right now through the Holy Spirit. And what a privilege. What a privilege he has granted to you today that you would hear his voice. I ask you now to respond to God at this moment. If you make the decision to follow him, he'll save you eternally. And if you make the decision that you're going to walk with him regardless of what it costs you, he will establish you and he will settle you as a believer. I want to ask right now if there's somebody in this house, somebody in the house who, who doesn't know Jesus and you want to give your heart to Jesus, I just want you to raise your hand and keep it up. Don't be embarrassed. Just keep it up until I see it. And we want to just, we're going to lead you in a prayer. If that's you today, anybody in the house, anyone. If there's a believer in the house, maybe you say, well, Pastor, I want to be more settled in, in my faith. And uh, I, I want to just give myself fully to the Lord as you have preached today. Maybe you're already doing that. 
but maybe somebody who, is, who says, I can do better. And, and I want you, if you feel like you could do better, I want you to stand up where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Let me just say to you, I don't want to talk too much about this particular subject, but I, I love the relationship God has given me with him. I, I really love it. I, I do not deserve it. I want you to look at my lips. I do not deserve it. I do not deserve it. But he's given a great relationship. And when I was younger, he would wake me up early in the morning. He tried to give me this relationship when I was very young. And I would tell him stuff like, I'm tired. Can we talk in the morning? But he never changed his time to the morning except one, two, or three in the morning. And he wakes me up and we talk. For the most part, I've been up since about 1 a.m. I don't boast, I don't boast. I'm not boasting because that's not in my flesh. It's not, a, it's not my ability. And we just have a great time. He tells me things. And we just outlove, sort of, you know, you can't outlove God, but you know, it's kind of like, I'm trying to outlove him, you know. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And we, we talk like that. That's what he wants to do with you. He wants your experience with him to be different and more powerful. Let me bless you. Father, there are many who are standing here today who are saying, I want even more, I want better, I want stronger, I want deeper, I want higher. And what I'm doing, Father, today is just trying my very best to follow the Holy Spirit. And that is, I want to pray for them and I ask that because they stood, you would do something very powerful in them. You would give them everything they've asked for in the name of Jesus. And let their, let their posture now be a posture of being upright and right with you. And I, I pray you withhold no good thing from them. And I pray that you would give them the special relationship. I pray that you would come to them and manifest in a way that is undeniable you. And it is a direct result of what I pray. I pray you would do that. Bring tears to their eyes and joy to their hearts. You love them more than I. Bless them their children and their children's children and their ch children's children's children. Amen, amen. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow.